Ooh, I just died in your arms tonight. That was really bad. Welcome to Born to Watch. We're three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Hey there, fellow watchers, and we hope you had an extremely amazing Christmas for 2022. I know we did. We've all had an amazing time with our family and really enjoying the time off. Gal looks like a new man after having not worked 20 hours a day. So it's good to have you back, the G-Man. I'm, of course, Whitey, one of the hosts of Born to Watch, and I'm going to introduce the team straight up. The G, how are you, mate? Really good. Glad to be back. I hope everyone had a great Christmas, as Whitey said. I certainly did. Very relaxing and uh, just taking it very easy. Looking forward tonight to what should be a great podcast. This is going to be a good one. And look, we're not far from leaving to go up to the land. I know. And so that's exciting next, as well. Next one on the land. The next one will be on Sunny Payne's land. And of course, we shoot up to Noosa for Verbal Kent. Dan on the land, how are you, mate? Verbal cant. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I might just say it's a big week on the land, but it's not a big week on the land because we fucking talk about this every 12 hours or so because you've made me do about four pods in the last fucking six days. So, And uh, I, I hate to spoil it for everyone, but it's still fucking before Christmas. They're, just, they're, trying, they're trying to make it sound like it's after. But all Whitey does is work me to the bone so that he can have a bit of time off on the land when they come up in about... 10 days time. So yeah, sorry to debunk it, but it's fucking December 22nd. Mate, you, you went to not going, not showing, going inside the sausage malls. What happened Oh my God. There? I know you like those sausage to be hard and strong, Dan, but you're showing them all the inside. Yeah, they, they need to know. The, the F-words expect the truth for me, if nothing else. So there we go. So yeah. well, it's, it's, well, that's so true. don't have a Merry Christmas yet because it's not Christmas. If nothing else, he's invested in this episode early on, which is great. Look, after one of our more enjoyable episodes, Love Actually, uh, we're finishing our Christmas trio with an 80s buddy cop masterclass, 87's Lethal Weapon. Look, it's a teenage rite of passage to see Lethal Weapon. And it probably wasn't until the 90s that I got to see it. As it came out in 87, I was probably a couple of years away from being able to go to the movies. Yeah, I don't think I watched it in 87. What were we, 13? Yeah, but it was one of the... 13. It was one of... It was one of the first... Not the first, but one of the first pirated VHSs in my collection. So it became a fond one. That's probably a good place to hit. Gow, we're going to go with overs and unders. I've got 35 on this one. I'd like to hear what you got. I'm reckoning I'm over. Yeah. I'm over 35 for yeah, sure I, on this movie. I like, I like there is it. no doubt. Yeah. What about no you, doubt. Dan? Well, that's interesting that you uh, you say 35. I, I hadn't I hadn't seen it in quite a number of years. Um, I expect it's over 35 just because I would have watched it a lot when we were tackers and, and growing up. So, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with over 35, but I can't actually remember before uh, this week when I'd seen it recently. Yeah, look, I'm I'm over 35. This was this was a multi-watch movie 
for on. a lot of those yeah. early years. Probably for the first 10 years I had yep. this. It was a multi-yearly yep. watch. I agree with you, Morgs. I haven't watched it for quite a while, but we definitely used to watch it a lot. I don't want to give any premature adulation, but I was saying to Gao when, when he first turned up here that you don't watch a movie for a little while. I don't think I've watched Lethal Weapon for probably over a year, maybe two years. And as I was watching, I was going, shit, this is a good movie. Really enjoying this. And there were bits in there that I had forgotten that I sort of chuckled along with. But I'm, but we'll get to that. I don't want to give too much away. And look, so why don't we start with you, Gao, and you hit us with a synopsis for Lethal Weapon. All right, strap in, boys, because this one's a long one. Straight, like yeah, straight oh, off the cover. A long one. like it. Here we go. Martin Riggs is no ordinary cop. He's a Mad Max gone maniacal, a man whose killing expertise and suicidal recklessness make him a lethal weapon to anyone he works against or with. Roger Murtaugh is an easygoing homicide detective with a loving family, a big house, and a pension he doesn't want to lose. Imagine Murtaugh's shock when he learns his new partner is a guy with nothing left to lose. Wild-eyed, burnt-out Martin Riggs. Lethal Weapon is the thrill-packed story of two Vietnam vets turned cops who have just one other thing in common. Both hate to work with partners, but their partnership becomes the key to survival when a routine murder investigation leads to all-out, take-no-prisoners, martial arts and machine guns war with an international heroin ring. Director, Do- Director Richard Donner moves the, that war at two speeds, fast and faster. Hot LA days and nights explode in one show-stopping scene after another, culminating in a no-holds-barred battle between Riggs and his angel of death nemesis Joshua an electrifying sequence incorporating three martial arts styles and requiring four full nights to film. Fierce, fast, and frequently funny, Lethal Weapon fires off round after round of can't-miss entertainment. It's pretty good. It's elaborate. It's very long. I didn't even get the taglines in there. Hit me one. Hit me with one. If these two can learn to stand each other, the bad guys don't stand a chance. Nice. That's a good one. Hang on. Two cops. Glover carries a weapon. Gibson is one. He's the only LA cop registered as a lethal weapon. Love it. I love it. What a good synopsis. And after that, why don't we listen to the trailer? He's a criminal's worst nightmare. A cop who enjoys the danger. No guns, no jujitsu, just bring him down. Do you really want to jump? Well, then that's fine with me. Come on. Wait, I what do you mean? Wait a minute. What the fuck? He was ready to retire. No. He's gonna wish he had. Gun! Oh, oh, oh. Raj, meet your new partner. New partner? <laughs> oh, too old for this. If these guys can just stand each other. What you got in there? Boy and Smith? A lot of old timers carry those. The bad guys don't stand a chance. Don't kill anybody, don't tell anybody. I'm too old for this. Are you as good as you say you are? Nobody can touch me. Suppose we better register you as a lethal weapon. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Well, I haven't killed you yet. Okay, there we have it. A, another great 80s trailer, which sort of tells us all we need to know. Trailer was shorter than the synopsis. Trailer was shorter than the synopsis. There's no doubt. 
look, this is an interesting one, and and it's the first one where I think IMDb may have really badly missed the boat, which is not surprising after they've just announced their top 10 movies for 2022, which is a rant that I will go on later. IMDb have rated this one 7.6 out of 10. Now, Rotten Tomatoes have this 80% certified fresh on the tomato meter and an 86% audience score. I think that's more or less around where this movie should probably rate. Definitely not seven. Not with a seven in front of it. I don't know how that comes about. We don't know why, but yeah, I can tell you what, I can tell you how and why. Because IMDB have rated the Batman as the best movie of 2022. Now, we all saw Top Gun Maverick, didn't we? Is that not the best movie of 2022? It came fourth. Wow, really? Yeah, fourth. Came fourth. So I'm, I love IMDb. It's my go-to. I know Morgs is big on IMDb as well. Lost a little bit of faith in this Luther Weapon and then, then Top Gun Maverick is the fourth best movie 2022. What do you think, Morgs? I fucking can't get IMDb on my computer anymore. I've somehow blocked it. Really? Yeah. You need to download the app onto your Huawei or whatever you've got. No, I can get it on my phone. I just can't get it on my Mac Daddy. Well, that's not very good, is it? No. Well, how can, okay. you, not, how can you not get onto IMDb? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it sucks. No, because I know you don't guys. Don't you have a special password because you're an industry insider? Well, that's it. I don't. I think I I lapsed on my membership because I thought when you it's a long story, but essentially when you become a member of, of the academy and you can vote on the Oscars and shit, oh, they actually give you a free God. IMDb account. So I that's thought I'll just wait it out a little bit longer and they'll flick me an IMDb Pro and suck it. I won't have to pay for it. But they they blanked me. So uh, yeah, anyway, IMDb can fuck off. Okay, well, that's excellent. that's not good news, Morgs. Speaking of IMDb, mm. Gow, why don't we go to the cast? All right, here we go. Mel Gibson, born in the US in '56, moved to Australia in the when he was before ten. He moved in the early 1960s, but studied at NIDA. I think we've been through Mel before. We have been through Mel yeah. when we did uh, Mad Max. Yeah, but he was alongside Judy Davis. Um, they played Romeo and Juliet together, and and Jeffrey Rush and Colin Friel. So. All-star cast coming through NIDA at that stage. Yeah. Um, first movie was Summer City. He played Scallop in 77. And then uh, a few a few iconic Australian shows. Got any ideas? Uh, the Sullivans. Bang. You got that in front of you? No, I don't. Oh, nice. Well done. Yeah. Cop Shop. But then uh, then into Mad Max. He was still at NIDA, I believe, when he went he into was. that. He was. He was in NIDA, yeah. And critically acclaimed. Then Tim as well in 1979 with Piper Laurie. Yep. But then, uh, then really hit it. Gallipoli. 81, The Road Warrior, 81, The Year of Living Dangerously, uh, Bounty, 84, Beyond Thunderdome, 85, and then Lethal Weapon, 87. Probably the role that... This is the one. That really pushes this him into superstardom. Yeah, yeah, this is the one. Um, Tequila Sunrise? One Degree. There is another One Degree. There is another One Degree. It's a very straightforward one. <laughs> easy. I'm sure Morgs has done some research on it, so we'll ask him when we get to One Degree. One Degree, us. yeah, it was a piece of business, mate. <laughs> Do you know who it is? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done. Well played. Surely you must know that one. What about the guy that's uh, torturing Mel Gibson with the electrodes? Oh, of course. Big trouble in Little China. Yeah, yes. Endo. Yeah. Endo, his name is, in the movie. Um, anyway, yeah, Lethal Weapon. Tequila Sunrise, Lethal Weapon 2, Bird on a Wire, Air America 1990, uh, Maverick 94, and then Braveheart ninety five. He yep. got a, he got the Academy Award for Braveheart. Academy, best picture. Best picture. Didn't best director. It? Yeah. That's right. Yep. 
Um, Ransom in 96 and Conspiracy Theory. Like them. Yeah. And then uh, obviously Lethal Weapon 4, Payback, really good movie in 99. Yep. The Patriot. Yeah. Heath uh, Ledger. Mm, what shit. Women Want. I've got to say, yeah. I, I, is, is this Mel Gibson's best character? Do we think Martin Riggs is his best character? Going through all of those, you got Mad Max. Yeah, I know. I know. I actually think that Riggs I, might be the one. I think Riggs. Oh, yeah, I'll take Riggs. Riggs. He's, he is, yeah, I'll take Riggs. He is so cool and good. Is there a better smoker than what how he smokes? I know Morgs, Morgs used to get a hard on when John Travolta smoked in Broken Arrow. And, and Morgs actually considered taking up, you know, durry munching for a time there when Broken Arrow came out because John Travolta was such a cool smoker. But, he had that real quick release from his. Oh, lips. mate! It was, yeah, yeah it was you good. could tell it was yeah. it was it was purely practiced. Yeah, I mean, is, yeah. is he a good smoker? Is he? Is there a better nude smoker? There's no better nude smoker. Mate, straight out of bed. I tell you what, he's chiselled out of granite. Yeah. Mel Gibson mate, in this movie. Five foot two. Yeah, he's it's not big. Parking. It's a he small piece to, of granite. He has to push it's a small the weight about a third of what we have to push. That was always my complaint with Parky at the gym. Yeah, Those short arms. Levers. Short arms. Little levers. Yeah. Little it's levers. a piece of piss. Massive advantage. Little levers, big wang. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about counterbalance. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, later ones: Machete Kills, The Expendables Three. Um, he's obviously won two Oscars. As we said Best Picture, Best Director for Braveheart. I just said something really insightful, but I had it on mute, so I'll say it again. I really enjoyed Apocalypto. What amazing film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really clever, especially as a a foreign language or a a dead language film. None of them have acted before. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, Yeah. check that out if it's a really good film. Yeah. I remember that we saw Megan and I on our honeymoon at Maroochydore in what ended up being the storm of the century. Saw the Passion of the Christ on our oh honeymoon. Oh my god! Yeah, this is a funny story, right? So we're in a packed cinema in Maroochydore, I think it is, and it is shitting with rain. And we're in there, and we're on the back row, and I'm sitting next to a guy. And when Jesus is being whipped on, the, uh, as he's being, you know, whipped on the about to go onto the cross, he, this guy turns to me and goes, "Mate, they're doing that to me. I'd fucking smash him." <laughs> Yes. Thanks, mate. Oh, and I went, thanks, mate. And I just sort of looked at him and gave him the appalled head and then went back to my flagellation that was happening on the screen. Flagellation. But, yeah, hilarious. Not only did I see the passion of the Christ on my honeymoon, but I reckon that if he was Jesus, he would have kicked some serious ass. Uh, nice. Who's next, Jamie? Speaking of, uh, of obscure movies, I noticed on the social media this week that mm. your mate over in New Zealand checked out a movie that we recommended and really enjoyed it. Yeah, Candy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Adam Strang, The Space Below. Check them out. He's got a little uh, a little house band going over there in New Zealand, uh, doing quite well. They're on Spotify. Awesome. Good on And uh, he watched Candy on our recommendation and, and really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good I don't know if you could there, say Adam. really enjoyed Candy, but yes. look, it's, you can appreciate the craft. Right, I'm, I'm glad we recommended that to him. Yeah, we so, did. Yeah, it's a great recommendation. Glad I could help there, Adam. That was all gal. That was all gal. Strangles, all gal. All right, you're up, J-Man. What's next? Oh, uh, look, look, a couple of sliding doors here. He was offered the role of Elliot Ness in The Untouchables. In Same year. Same year. Declined it because he was on Lethal Weapon. I can't turned... see that. I can't see him being the clean skin. 
Elias Alacosta. He would have been a bit. He would have been hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, be yeah, he would have been Sean Connery role. Yeah, yeah, yep. good call. Um, but yeah, he also turned down Harvey Dent or Two Face in Batman Forever due to Braveheart scheduling yeah, conflicts with Braveheart. Well played, and and turned down the Terminator, turned down Kyle Reese's role, the role of Kyle Reese in the Terminator. I wonder what, why was that? Is it say why was it scheduling conflict? No, or didn't do don't it? don't know. Turned it down. Maybe, maybe didn't like it. Bad bad move. But who can imagine anyone except Michael Bean playing that? Yeah, I've got to say that I I wouldn't mind seeing a version of the Terminator with Mel as Cole Reese. He also turned down the role on the fly. He did to yeah, film to, this, yeah. To, yeah for, that went to Jeff Goldblum. Now, that's an interesting casting choice because I think Jeff Goldblum just absolutely owns that yeah. that role and he's super creepy in it. Yeah, he is. He's he? another he's, one he's that just, just plays that. Jeff Goldblum, though, and he's, he's yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah, he also was the first choice to play Maximus. Turned that down. That's a big role. Yeah. Well, that made Russell Crowe. It did. All right. Danny Glover, our other star of this movie. How good's Danny Glover? Awesome. Seriously. Awesome. What a legend. Looking pretty fit. You know. Super fit. Mate, he's in the bath. He's looking very fit in there. He's playing fifth role. He's only 40 in this movie, yeah. though. We're going to get to the bath. Yeah. I take umbridge with the bath scene. I, I had we're, it. We're got, getting it. Yeah, we're getting that. But yeah, no, he's only 40 years old. So Mel was Mel was playing a 38-year-old. and Mel was 30. Mel was 30, yeah. yeah. Playing a 38. And, and Danny Glover was... 40 playing a 50-year-old. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so didn't start acting until he was 28 and was actually – his film debut was in The Escape from Alcatraz. He was an inmate. Right. A very small role in that in 1979. Had a couple of roles in a couple of American sitcoms around 81. Benson. No. No. The Greatest American Hero. Oh. So oh look William at what Cal- happened to yeah. me. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe, believe it myself. <laughs> Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. Could have been, been somebody else. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Well done. Do you know what? Every time. Yeah, William Cat. William Cat. Every time you sing that, though, all I can think of is George Costanza. <laughs> Believe it or not, George <laughs> isn't, at, isn't home. at home. Have I told the story on the podcast when I did the on the when my mum and dad moved overseas? They went and lived in Singapore and yeah, left me at home as a twenty-three year old. Still hadn't moved out. Got them to move out, and the first thing that I did was I changed the answering machine on the home phone to the <laughs> "Believe it or not, we are not at home." So leave a message after the beep. My dad rang and left a message going, Matthew, that's still my fucking house. Get rid of that message. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I left it on there for about another month yeah. until he nearly had a freaking heart attack. And then I, oh, I deleted so it. Good. Oh, that's awesome. Back to this is Paul and Colleen's house that we're just living at while they go all around the world. Yeah, so anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so anyway, and Hill Street Blues. Ding, ding, ding. It's the greatest theme song of TV shows of all time. Ding, yeah. But then he was ding, on a um, do, do, do. yeah, one of the one of the great songs, yeah. one of the great shows. It's on Disney now. You can watch it on Disney. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've started, episodes, I've started yeah. watching it again. It is so yeah, leaps and bounds ahead of what everything was at the time. James B. Is Sicking. Detective Sipowitz awesome. in Hill Street Blues. He is in yep. yeah, Sipowitz is in Hill yep. Street Blues. Yeah. Detective Sipowitz does. Veronica Hamill. Veronica is, Hamill. Oh my god, yeah. she's gorgeous. Yeah, stunning. After that, he was doing some stuff from Broadway, which got him national recognition. And then he got cast into Places in the Heart in 84, which was nominated, I think, for Best Picture. Not sure yeah. if it won it. 
But uh, after that, no, okay. Yeah. After that, um, he was in Witness. He's McPhee, eighty five. Harrison Ford. Yeah, good movie that one. And the Color Purple. Yeah, Flims's favorite. Yeah, eighty five. That that obviously garnered some awards. Then Silverado. What a great western. Yeah. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. So young. So young. So young in yeah. that. But uh, yeah, after that, then Lethal Weapon, 87. Bat 21 as Captain Clark. In what a great movie. Bat 21. Gene Hackman? Yep. Yep. yep mm. Correct. Um, Lethal Weapon 2, Predator 2 in 1990. With Gary Busey. Yes. Yes. Um, Switchback. What do, we, what do we think of, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously uh, likely to face wrath from one Sonny Payne and one Sonny Nixon, but what do we think of Predator 2? It's... No, it's not even half the movie that the first Predator is, but it's not bad. It's watchable, but it, it is only watch, okay. Have you guys seen Prey? I haven't seen Prey yet. Prey's excellent. Watch Prey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prey's really, really good. I haven't good. seen it, no. Yeah, I'll Prey's really good. Um, yeah, anyway, switch back with Dennis Quaid in 97. Quaid. Uh, Little Weapon 4. He was in Saw, in the original he's, Saw. He's, well, he's no, the cop. He David too. Tapp, yeah, yeah, Detective yeah. David Tapp. He's the copper. Then, uh, then a, a career high with Dreamgirls in 2006. Mate, I'm telling you. Dreamgirls is one of the best movie musicals ever. Eddie Murphy is incredible. Beyonce, Jamie Foxx, Eddie Murphy should have won the Academy Award. It's a great, it's a great music. The songs, the music is next level good. Thank you. There you go. I've spoken. Um, one of Sloan Nixon's favorite shooter, oh, two thousand seven. He plays a scumbag with Marky Mark. Yeah, yeah. Shoot. He's the he's the colonel. Shooter's a great, shooter's a great yeah, movie. Shooter's, shooter's movie. Shooter's very watchable. The, the, yeah. um, the series is really, really good too. Have you ever watched it's the series? Ryan shooter? Felipe? The series, yes. yes. Yeah, so it's, it's a really good, it's pretty much like the movie. It's yeah. very, very true to the movie. But yeah, I love that. Is it Swayback? Swayback is, you know, four yes. leaves, four leaves Swayback. <laughs> uh, but American version of Death at a Funeral. Yeah, please. And Uncle Rustin. And then Jumanji, the next level. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays the old dude who's the mate of uh, yeah. the, of the granddad. Yep. Yeah, it's, yep. it's, yep. it's that's great. right. Yeah, it's great. I love those movies. They're good. They're good fun. But uh, yeah, so um, look, he, he's when he was in Shooter. That's the fifteenth time he's appeared as a character that's either a cop or in the military. So a little bit of typecasting. And he's him. still fit, man. Yeah, he's still super fit. Really right. fit. That's why he had the bar scene. So he could just. I'm, uh, I'm waiting for the the, uh, the Brad Pitt. Quick fire question here. <laughs> we'll get to that. All right, Gary Busey. Now, Gary Busey's first movie was a movie called Angel Warriors in 1971 alongside Scott Glenn. Now, the original title of this movie was Angels Hard As They Come. Is it a porno? Nope. The tagline was <laughs> Big Men With Throbbing Machines and The Girls Who Take Them On. And the, and the quick synopsis is sex, violence, and bikers on an action-filled ride in this film produced and co-written by Jonathan Dem. Wowzers. Check that um, out. If we, I haven't seen it, but check it out. Sounds awesome. It does. Uh, but anyway, look, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot in 74 with Clint Eastwood. Yep. Good movie. Have you seen that? Yeah, I watched good. that not long, long ago. I've, I haven't seen it for a long time. Yeah. Jeff Bridges as well. George Kennedy. Um, was Gary Buse in the original Star is Born too? In seventy six, Chris Christopherson. Yep, and Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Oh, oh sorry, no, 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 no Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Sorry. Um, then was in the Buddy Holly story uh, in seventy eight. Playing the lead role. What's with these homies? <laughs> this is my girl. Not that one. 
Not that one. Sorry, wrong buddy, Ollie. Um, yeah, apparently, he did. He played the guitar and sang all the vocals in that. I look, I look just like Gary Busey. Oh, and Mary Tyler Moore. Great song. I don't care what they say about us anyway. Okay, girl. Okay. I don't care about that. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, so the Buddy Holly story, he played guitar, sang all the vocals, got a Best Actor nomination for that and in, in 78. Then, but the bigger movie of 1978 that he was in, Big Wednesday. Yeah. As Leroy Smith. One of the greatest movies of all time and should be Very covered good. on this podcast. Yeah. Yep. Are you claiming... Speaking of William Catt. Are you, yeah. Are yeah. You Jan Michael Vincent. Oh, Jan uh, Michael Vincent. Are from you... Airwolf. Would you say Big Wednesday is your favourite movie? Oh, it'd be very close. Yeah, we're doing our top 10 movies soon, so you need to start thinking about that. So yeah, I, I thought I, it's right up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great movie. But then obviously 78, then a few years in the, in the wilderness, lost his career, lost his way a little bit there. Got on the Persians, got, big time. <laughs> big time. He was an 80s child. Yeah. He was racking like no other. But then, yeah, back with Lethal Weapon in 87, so as Mr. Joshua, which he's credited as his, you know, his big comeback role. Then he was in Predator 2 as well, as Peter yeah, Keys, yeah, 1990. And then, obviously, Pappas in Point Break. Angelo Pappas. <laughs> so People subs. I'll take two. two. He's great in that movie. What a great movie yeah, Point Break is. Point Break. The original Point Break is oh, such a good movie. Yeah. There's no other Point Break. We never shall Starring mention the Filsey. remake. Did you get a hold of Phelpsy this week? No. I keep oh, asking me every week, please, Dan. I enjoy it. I enjoy He's just it when done, you ask me uh, I'm, I'm getting spammed. On free to air TV with the finale of Home and Away with Philpsy at a wedding or something like that, and he's uh, he's been in the top past year, yeah, old Philpsy. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Maybe now that he's he's done, we might be able to snag. He doesn't him. have to don the red sluggos anymore, so he's uh, cut and sick. He was very good in Baywatch. He was excellent. You're a legend, Philpsy. Get on our podcast. All right. Um, anyway, Under Siege, Commander Krill, ninety two, and the Firm in ninety three. That's about the he's uh, good the in under, yeah he's yeah. good in he's good in under siege what a great movie that is too that's Stephen Scholes could be his best definitely his most mainstream yep yep um, after that 2014 one season 14 of Celebrity Big Brother in the UK so, <laughs> highlight really it's like really Richard Hayes first it's, American to win the reality show it's it's uh what's what's the, it's extras where Richard Hayes goes on Big Brother at the end as the meltdown. yeah that's right that's right. <laughs> One of the great episodes. Um, one of the great monologues, actually, at the end of that show. But it was considered for the role of Jay Pritchett on Modern Family. Oh, wow. he could have done yeah. that. That would have worked. Yeah. I think it Ed O'Neill's very good. Ed O'Neill is, is awesome. very, very I good. believe they wrote it for Ed O'Neill, but there was something that happened or or he came in later or, or you couldn't do it. He wasn't originally supposed to do it. Then yeah. there, there was something that happened there. But, yeah, anyway, we'll move on. Mitchell Ryan. Wow. We're going deep. Well, there's there's only a couple. Well, see the police captain? More. No. Okay. He's the general. Ah. So right. great character. There's yeah. been a lot of things. He was in High Plains Drifter. Yep. And Magnum Force alongside Clint Eastwood. Yep. Uh, he was the officer. He was Officer Charlie McCoy in Charlie that. Charlie McCoy, yeah. Then, mate, then did then just went through a run of TV for a few years. Just some awesome shows. Heart to Heart, Hardcastle and McCormick, Dallas, The A-Team, North and South, All My Children, St. Elsewhere. Before. Just quietly, like, how good was Heart to Heart? Robert yeah. Wagner. Yeah. Was it Stephanie Seymour? What was her name? No, no, no. no. Stephanie Powers. Stephanie Powers. Stephanie Powers. Stephanie Powers. Yeah. yeah. Loved heart to heart. Yeah. But uh, look, then Lethal Weapon as a general, Hot Shots Part Deux, 
uh, Judge Dredd, who was a Vardis, Hammond and Judge Dredd. Yeah, he started the moment there. And was in the Devil's Own. Chief Jim oh, Kelly that's alongside. A, that's a bad move. Oh, that's Brad, Brad, Brad Pitt, Harrison yeah. Ford, Harrison Ford. Yeah, had Brad, Brad Pitt does the worst Irish accent yeah, in the history deplorable. of accents. Yeah, not good. Yeah, and then uh, look, his last real big role was probably in Liar Liars, Mister Allen. Yeah, he was the boss. Okay, yeah. Um, the only other person we got in here is Darlene Love, who is Trish Murtaugh. Yep. Now the only reason I got her in there is because she was actually a a career. She was a lead singer with a vocal trio called The Blossoms. So they did the original, uh, and she was in the band called The Crystals as well. They were the backing band for, for Elvis Presley on a number of recordings and, and did a lot of stuff with him early on. They also backed Tom Jones during some of his shows. But um, she was 25 when she had a first hit record with the Do Ron Ron. Right. The Crystals, right? So yeah. she was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2011 alongside Neil Diamond, Alice Cooper, and Tom Waits. Yeah. So didn't do much acting-wise. Beyond the Lethal Weapon franchises, but very interesting other career. Yep. The other one, the other one we should probably talk just a little bit about is uh, the Huntsucker guy, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins. Who plays, yeah. he's, uh, a, he's a he's a I've seen you before guy. Yeah. So he's he was in a heap of stuff in the seventies. Like uh, he was in Escape from New York. He was in The Fog. He was a bit yeah. of a uh, uh, John Carpenter guy. Uh, he's in he's in Halloween three season of the witch one with the, it's about the masks. I was going to put him in because he's such a small part in this movie. But he's in TJ Hooker gear. Oh well, the fall guy, Spencer for hire, yeah. the Equalizer. Wait, this guy, this guy, rocks Edward Woodward. Yeah, it's a great show. I watched the original, or well, the original, the first Equalizer movie with uh, Denzel the other week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah really good. good. They're really good. Oh, there's both a new, of those movies are unreal. The, the, the first third, one's the best. Yeah, the third one's coming out. They're yeah, starting yeah, yeah. To do a th- they do a third one. You know what they're doing? It. They're doing Dakota Fanning's going to star in The Equalizer 3. Now, she starred with him in Man on Fire as a kid. Ah, and now she's going to star with right. him as an adult. In, in uh, yeah. yeah, so it's pretty cool. Right, the Equalizer she's excellent in really Man good. on Fire. She's she is, a lot better than the best. every single Australian child actor ever born, except for a couple of notables. Could be the best child performance of all time. She's young, she's man. She's good. luckily nine. She was amazing. Tatum O'Neill would argue because of her Academy Award. Yeah, well, you know. But look, yeah, another couple of actors that have were in the movie very briefly. Edo Ross, yep. he was the guy buying the heroin. Yep. But he's obviously, he was in Full Metal Jacket, Lieutenant Touchdown, Action Jackson. He was Victor Rostavilli in Red Heat. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's right. That's guy. And he's in another 40 hours as well. Cocainum. So. Cocainum. Yep. And of course, Al Leong. Got to just bring him up because yeah, he's course. our one degree of. He is it. Kurt. We got a double one this one. We made up for last week. There've been, been none mm. in love, actually. What well on, Gal? Uh, what about? I tell you what. We were talking off air about just how good '87 was for not only for movies but for music. But we'll start with the movies because there's some quality movies in '87. What do you reckon, Gal? Where are you going to start with? Let me do the gross for you. The gross of this movie was 120 million. Uh, 65 million domestically and 55 million internationally. Opening weekend was $6.8 million. So, other 87 movies. Your favorite in at number one in the box office, Whitey. Your favorite solo movie of all time. My favorite solo. Oh, Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, $320 million Fatal Attraction got. So Beverly Hills Cop 2, $276 million. Dirty Dancing, $213 million. Um, Living Daylights, 191, and Three Men and a Baby rounding out the top five with 167 million. But Good Morning Vietnam, Predator, 
the ones that got all the all the awards were the last emperor uh that got nine nominations i think got nine awards and, yep. and i think uh moonstruck had three wins as well which yeah um michael douglas got best actor for wall street um share for moonstruck sean connery was uh best supporting actor in the untouchables but yeah mate there are some great movies robocop was 87 right. as well yeah it's just full this, metal jacket yeah full metal jacket uh evil dead 2 hellraiser the running man yeah the running man mate, it's incredible the movie uh, wall street uh mannequin sp- spaceball oh my heck it's mannequin love mannequin the lost boys dirty dancing prince of yeah. darkness remember we tried to watch prince of darkness morgues with john carpenter's prince of darkness when you're at yeah. my place Okay. And we had we had to turn it off. Bad taste. Peter Jackson's first movie. Ah, yeah, remember that. Oh, was yeah. it really? Yeah. Stakeout was in there as well, mate. Yeah. There's so many. Eddie Murphy Raw came out yeah. in '87. It's a well. bumper year, it really is. But is it as good as '86? Well, we're going to have to do the, the 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 year off at some stage. But as good as the movies were in '87, I don't think it compares to the music in '87. The music in '87. The music has not died. Thank you, Daniel. The music is strong. The music is strong with 87. Let's hear it, The music is very, very strong. Hit me. Give me some 987 bangers. Okay. Do you want to start start from the top? Let's go from the top. Okay, you get one. Number one, a Paul White favourite. Was my my dad's favourite. Walk like an Egyptian. (laughs) She's oh, still a great sort. The uh, Susanna Hoffs. Yeah, she's sixty-two. Yeah. Check yeah, her out on sort. Instagram, fellow Fwits. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. What about what about one of the great female rock bands? How do I get you alone? That's number two. One of the great songs. Heart. One of the great songs yeah. from Heart. Heart are great. Really, really good. What about Whitney Houston? She gets in there with I Want to Dance with Somebody. Number five. Ugh. Number five. When I'm saying we're crazy, what do, do they know? know? Put your hand in my hand, baby. Don't ever let go. Let, let the, the world, world around us Was this just from fall Benicin? apart. Maybe we can make it if we're heart to heart. And we... Yeah. yeah, good Nothing's going to stop us now from Mannequin. Mannequin? Mannequin, yeah. Yeah, Mannequin. Yeah, yeah the theme mm. to Mannequin. Great song. Why do one of your favourites? Bruce Hornsby in the range. Oh, mate. That's a goobs. That's just the way it is. Yeah, mate. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, uh, it's a good song to sleep to. Number 10 was Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Should have been number one. Yeah, yeah. Can't believe the Bengals are in number one over that. Yeah. Came out late. Came out late in 87, Living on a Prayer. Doesn't matter. What about La Bamba? La Bamba's up there. What about Issei Morales, Morgs, in La Bamba? <laughs> what are your better picks? One, I think uh, it's the greatest of all time. Uncle nah, uh, uh, Elias Cotillas was better. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good too. <laughs> we, we missed. We, we, no, 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 hang on. Number we, 12. Number 12. Okay. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody <laughs> wang chung tonight. That still gets played on 92FM daily it on does. the Gold Coast. It's the best. Uh, we missed Whitesnake in at seven with Here I Go Again. Oh, yeah. Very good. Good song. It's <laughs> a good year, man. Uh, um, what about Lady in Red? Krista Berg, mate, 21. That was, that was my go-to karaoke song for many a year. Yeah. At Wong's, at the Chinese restaurant, oh, whatever it was called yeah. down at Brookvale, in yeah. front of about 150 people. Golden Singapura. 
Golden, that was it. Mm. Never seen you looking so gorgeous as you did tonight. Never um, seen you shine so bright. That was read as a poem at your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Never seen so many men ask you if you wanted to dance. <laughs> looking for a little romance. Giving half the chance. <laughs> Uh, Christopher. Um, I've had the time of my life. Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes. Ah, from Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Lean on me. Oh, when you're not strong. Uh, what about cutting crew in there too? Ah, uh, just died in your arms tonight. Oh, <laughs> I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> oh. like Sound like he smelt one of his farts. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> I just fought in your face tonight. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> uh, what about Kim Kim Wilde? Keep me hanging on. Mate. Yeah, mate. It's a good thing. Can I jump Please in? do. Please Once do. Once again, you guys have looked at the Billboard chart, obviously, and not the Australian charts. So good hit me. There there are some crossovers. I love a crossover, but I'm gonna hit you with a couple <laughs> sure, of I'm going to hit you with a couple of uh, tracks unique to Australia in 1987. Uh, The first one is, of course, Dave Dobbin's iconic hit from Across the Dutch. Now, I saw that film clip before Fatal Attraction. I was bopping along and then I was scarred. They used to play a film clip before movies, didn't they? That yeah. was weird. Well, because yeah. that, this was uh, Dave flats. Dobbin, Slice yeah. of Devon. All right, we've been on this for a while, so I'll go quick. But I talked talked about it off air, but Mel and Kim, respectable. Yeah. Yep. Take, 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 or leave us, only please believe us. We ain't never going to be you respectable. Respectable. I'll just do the Aussies. Electric Blue, Ice House. Ice House. That's a great album, that. That's Man of Colors. Man of Colors, yeah. It is. He's good. If a boy had a chance, a chance with someone like you, are you going to break his heart? Let him cry for the moon. He used to come in the video shop. What's his Ivor name? Davies. The lead singer. Ivor, Ivor Davis just come to the video shop. Yep. Mate, what about the party boys? He's going to step on you again. He used yeah, to come in the video was, shop as He's going to step Christie. on you again. Number Paul Chris used to, come in the, um, used to come in the video shop too. He's a bass player for the party boys. Paul Lukakis. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go back to my room <laughs> and we can do it all night and you can uh, make me feel right. Whoa. I've um, got to say, I've I got to say, Paul sucks Lukakis. <laughs> he does. Um, I'm just going to list a couple more. Pseudo Echo, a major favourite of mine. Oh. Town. Mate, uh, that was on the radio yesterday. I introduced Josh to that yesterday on oh, the radio. 92.5, the greatest station. Yeah, I'll get back onto that. Um, Pseudo Echo, massive part of my childhood. Pseudo Echo. What's my scene? Who do gurus? We're going to see them, aren't we? Yeah. In February. Yeah, absolutely. Like we are in February, yep. Yeah, uh, uh, but I'm just going to leave you with I'll leave you with one last track. Uh perhaps the greatest track of 1987 and used in a, I think it was a closing season or definitely a penultimate moment in the teledrama Neighbours. It's by the smallest rock star on earth, Angry Anderson, and it's called Suddenly. Suddenly you're seeing me. That was to the wedding of uh, Kylie 
Jason Donovan. Jason Donovan. Donovan. Jason Donovan. Donovan. Yeah, Charlene oh. and uh, whatever his name was. Scott. Yeah. Scott. No, nah, was he Scott? Just the way yeah. I am. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. So yeah. I'm serving as much as I can <laughs> to you. To you. Suddenly. Suddenly. <laughs> every part of me <laughs> needs to know no, every, every part of you. you. Oh, it's true. Anyway, nine eighty seven. Well done, nine. Yeah, great year, great year. All right, I think I think we're done. Let's move on. Question time. All right, question one. Is this the high watermark for buddy cop movies? Is this as good as it gets? Yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes. I agree. I think it definitely is. It definitely sets the benchmark early on. That's really met. Do you know that the only one I was thinking about it that reminded me of was True Detective? Yeah. So yeah. Woody Harrelson yeah. and yeah, that's uh, amazing. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew I McConaughey, enjoyed yeah. their chemistry as much as I enjoyed the chemistry of these, of Murtagh and Riggs. But other than that, I thought it was all a bit bolt-on. I'm just going to throw one in here. Is this no. the best of the four? Is, the, is Lethal Weapon the best of the four? It's. I would argue that it is neck and neck with Lethal Weapon Two, and then the rest of yeah piles of shit. I, I don't think they're piles of shit. I, I think that they, there's definitely a downward slide. It became too self-aware. It became a bit too in jokey. Yeah, yeah. It became very jokey, didn't it? But, but yeah. this one, I, having not watched it for a while, I was really, you know, there's some things they're thinking two that I thought were in one. You know, because they kind of morph in over the years. But yeah. uh, just that the way they start their relationship, how you know, this is really the start of it, where they're not really friendly at, you know there's, there's a bit of banter but it's not kind of yeah. what it turns out to be yeah. so yeah i thought yeah yeah I, I think this is neck, the high and, neck and neck two and one i think yeah that's yeah. that's a good that's a that's, good take i yeah. like that uh, okay is mel gibson the best movie runner of all time oh because tom cruise is very good tom cruise is pretty poor at other gross motor skills but yeah oh, definitely he's true. a good runner he's, he's a very runner. good runner he's a terrible drunk actor he's never had a drink in his life no uh, no doubt but yeah, Mel Gibson is extremely athletic. He would not have any issue of ever appearing in Ripley running in the this. This definitely, scene. this definitely started the trend of him running in almost every yeah. single movie that yeah. he was in. Then because he runs in every Lethal Weapon, yeah, uh, he runs in almost every movie from here on. Yeah, uh, I think he's the best. He looks the best. It looks yeah. natural. Yeah, he's he goes good in this. He does. Yeah. He's good at the old neck squeeze too. Right, he's he's good at everything. Yeah, he's good at everything. Okay, so. This is an interesting one. So, and this will this is a bit something to discuss a bit deeper. So, Tracy Wolf, who's Rian, who's Murtor's eldest daughter, gets a special introduction at the start of the movie in the credits. It says, "And introducing Tracy Wolf," and then she's in about seven minutes of the movie. Yeah, not sure she's been cut. Do you think she? Do you think? Allah, Allah, what's his name? Oh yeah, Keith David. Keith David. Keith David. Keith David, David. Yeah. My, my so. theory. Mm. So my theory on this is, is that is there was there a thread where uh, Gary Busey and her have some sort of relationship because he picked her up for a date, which is how they got, I think, is how they got together, or did he just kidnap her? Because he said, yeah. "There's a boy that's turned up to pick up your daughter." Da, 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 and then no, 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 no. That was goes, the boyfriend that was. He shot yeah, no, that the was the boyfriend. When he went yeah. to pick her up. No, yeah, that's right. No. He shot the boyfriend. Right. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay. 
But uh, yeah, so it. I don't know why she gets this special introduction and then she's in nothing of the movie. I'm Maybe guessing it was a the larger studio role. may have may have yeah. the Were they pushing her, her? Red up with a bullet. Yeah, that yeah. would be my only. Take she's because she's a great sort. She yeah. just, but she literally did nothing but lethal weapon movies. Yeah, no, she went on some condom ads. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Makes me want to go out and buy a pack of rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to move into the categories we'll start with the good the bad the ugly where we talk about the stuff that we like about the movie the stuff that we think might be a little bit bad and then the downright ugly i'm not sure if there's any ugly there might be but there's probably a hell of a lot of good and we're going to start with the man on the land today so dan what do you got for good uh, for good one particular segment i chose was the whole scene from where riggs is getting tortured through to him breaking out murtar and the daughter and then chasing uh, Mr. Joshua through the streets. Just that whole, it's probably 10 minutes of, of action screen time. It is fucking excellent. I love every single bit about it. I think it's, every time I watch it, I think it's better. Who's next? Who's next? Everything is awesome. But my probably my favourite bit out of that is when he's just walking through the nightclub and trying to look inconspicuous. And yeah. he's looking around, <laughs> looking around. And then the guy comes from his left and he just shoves the gun in his guts. He goes, bah, 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 yes. bah, bah. Oh, it yes. just glocks in plims. It's awesome. So no, it's a Beretta. So it's not a Beretta. Mate, but, uh, takes about yeah. thirty shots. Takes about thirty shots during those scenes. Oh, it's mate, fantastic. The, the, gun, oh. Gun's got a never-ending. Mate, there's a flagrant disregard for public safety in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I'll get to that <laughs> in the bad. Yeah, well, when they're shooting. Oh, we'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah. For that. yeah. Uh, that was it for me for good. Just that whole. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is uh, a great sequence. Brilliant. What about you, J Man? Love Jingle Bell Rock in the opening in the opening song. Loved yep. it. Really yep. made it a Christmas movie for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my good was just the we've already really touched on it is the the interaction between Danny Glover and Mel Gibson their their chemistry is really good you know playing two polar opposites but they they really hit it off together straight away you know and you can sort of tell they're not there straight away but they sort of bond later in the movie without getting too buddy buddy yeah yeah so that was that's my good yeah uh, yeah they're, they're an amazing they're yeah. an amazing couple like they just riff off each other really really yeah. well I've got uh Mel Gibson just announces that the world already knew, but he's an out-and-out out star from this movie. Uh, the the drug by Christmas tree scene where the guy goes, it's 100 so he starts getting $100 yeah, out of his life. I was crying yeah. at that part. I, I'd forgotten about that. I'd forgotten about the 100 bucks out of the wallet. Uh, I think it's a great start to the movie. Like you are in from minute one with her up on the railing, jumping yep. off. You are in. She actually made that jump herself. Yeah, she actress. did it herself, yeah. yeah. So pretty amazing. She, uh, she was training under that uh, as a guy who was a stunt specialist yeah. who I think passed away not long after. But they dedicated the movie to him. I think yeah, they did. Uh, he, he died in a motorcycle crash. Yeah, yeah. motorcycle crash, yeah. Uh, so Richard Donner is the man as a director. Yeah. He's, he directed we, we some We didn't of go the, through him. No, but, we didn't. Yeah. But he's directed some of the greatest movies oh. of the 80s or 70s, 80s and 90s. Yep. And has only just recently passed away, I think. Uh, he was he was he was down to direct Lethal Weapon five, and he was like ninety six or something or ninety three. Yeah. Uh, I've off just to check if he hasn't died. I don't want to write him off just yet, but I think he has. I'm not sure. I didn't. If I not, he's in my Deadpool. He's in my Deadpool too. The movies he's done, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, he did the original Superman. Uh, did Superman two until he got booted off. Well, yeah. The well, then they yeah yeah the Goonies, the Goonies, Lady Hawk, yeah, Scrooged, yeah. Maverick, Conspiracy Theory. Like he's done. done yeah, he's, he's a quality director, and he was supposed to do. He was pursued by Michael Crichton to Jurassic Park in '93, but 
didn't end up doing it. You know, Spielberg just went, hold yeah. my beer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good move, actually. Uh, look, again, another movie that's lean and mean. Like, there's not yeah, a yeah. wasted minute in this movie. There's not, and it'll be interesting when we get to quick fire, th- th- there's nothing I would change. This is the perfect length for this movie. There's nothing that you go, this is waffle. Not like last week with Love Actually where you could easily cut 20 minutes out of that. But this one, you just can't. Everything is on point. So this was, this was Shane Black's first script screenwriter yeah. that he sold yeah. as a 22-year-old straight out of UCLA, UCLA. He made 250 grand for it, which was a lot of brass back then. Um, but we haven't spoken about Shane Black yet. I'm going to... I thought uh, for film school for efforts this week, I thought I would uh, introduce you all to Shane Black if you don't know about his jams. But I wanted to do a screenwriter death match between him and another screenwriter of note, Taylor Sheridan. So a more modern screenwriter versus Shane Black screenwriter death match, film school for efforts. If I was all of you, I'd just fast forward to that now. <laughs> I'm looking forward to talking about Shane Black. He's very, very good, and his original script was apparently very, very dark. So they had to actually bring another guy in to help to rewrite some of it yeah. to lighten it up a bit. I so also, I've, my last bit, I, hang on. I, my l- I often pick up work as a screen doctor and, um, <laughs> for, and that's when we go in and we fix scripts like this. So I, I was a bit too young to be brought in for the lethal weapon films, but I would have liked to have had a go. I think it would have been a lot of fun. Cock doctor. Anyway. Uh, bullshit doctor. Yeah, bullshit doctor. Uh, look, my last thing in good is... The kids outside Dixie's house. Yeah. Right? You're going to have sex with Dixie. You're going to have sex with Dixie. Was it, you, I think that's what they say. I was losing it. Yeah. Or is it, they say they're going to fuck Dixie they or whatever. They say it's, they're going to arrest Dixie, you fucking Yeah, that's idiot. what I thought. Oh, oh really? Ah, they're going to have sex with Dixie. Arrest Dixie. Oh, yeah. The two cops are coming to have sex with Dixie. Yeah, I know. I guess it's She is a she's a sex worker in the film. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I thought I thought exactly the same as you were when I first heard last yeah. night. Then I realised they weren't saying that because oh, right. I heard I was like, are they saying you're gonna? Say oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that you're meant better. to be the lyrics guy. Remember, I do the melody, you do the lyrics. This is we got everything's <laughs> out of whack. Okay, well now the kids are out because they didn't say I want to have sex with Dixie, so they're gone. Okay, so let's move into the bad. Uh, we'll start with you, the G Man. What do you got? Um, the bad one when they jump off the. When they jump off the roof, did yeah. you notice it? The handcuffs just pull apart. Like yeah. when he when he's got the guy on the roof, the jumper, and he goes, "Let's jump on your three, two, one." You can see it in slow motion. Their hands just rip apart. There's no there's no cuffs on them anymore. The rubber cuffs come off. Yeah. Do you know what I was it's thinking? So of? blatant. I was th- do you know what I was thinking of when they about to jump off the roof? Morgs's famed Fletch and Hindy skit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where Morgs broke Fletch. Or Hindy, whichever one it was, it was uh, Fletch. Yeah, Hindy landed on Fletch and, and they had to rush him Busted his room. when we yeah. did a Nitro Circus stunt. But I actually had to test jump about 30 seconds prior to that and pretend that I was one of the Nitro Circus guys uh, and, and jump 12 metres onto a inflatable bag in the uh, <laughs> in Darling Harbour while Stephen Beaver Menzies was <laughs> perched on the front doing a front flip off the front of it in his, in his manly headgear. So, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, mate, that's all I thought about the whole time when he jumped <laughs> off. Like, this is like yeah. a bunch of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, landing on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Anything um, else, Jan? Yeah. The other one is um, when Amanda Hunsucker jumps off the roof. Yeah. This is lands, funny. This is funny. Lands on the roof, blasts into the car, but then just is sitting there nicely with Angelic. her. Angelic. It's with Angelic. Her, with, her, with her hands crossed yep. and her. And covering of and vagina. Her 90, one boob out. Yep. You know, so that was You've got to get that out. So the 80s. <laughs> that's it. 
one bit, but that was it. And just sitting there, no blood, nothing, yep. no no arms out of place, just like she's sleeping on the yep. top of the car. Yep. There could have been some blood. There could have been. Well, they could have just positioned her a little differently. Yep. She just smashed into a car and she's lying on the roof, yep. but like she's Angelic. falling asleep in bed. Yep. She was going to die anyway. Yep. She might have died before she got there. She only had another 15 minutes. Yeah. Drano will do that. Anyway, I've got another I've got another bad, but I think you're going to get to it, so I'm going to leave it for okay. you. Yep. Dan, what do you got? I've got two. Uh, the first bad was going back about 11 minutes in this podcast where Gow tried to sing Cuddy Crew. Oh, <laughs> I just died in your arms tonight. That was really bad. But number two was I think we've all got the same one for bad. Uh, it's the shootout with Joshua and Riggs in the streets where they're firing automatic weapons amongst yep, the yeah. cars. When Over he, the yeah, cars, that, yeah. That was that was definitely stuck out at me as uh, probably not in the interests of health and safety from Riggs yeah. there. So everything is over the top about this movie, but I think he may have, as a cop, stopped firing his, uh, his AR-16 at Mr. Joshua when there's cars all parked on the, uh, on the road in his line of fire. Yeah, I've got that. I've got flagrant disregard to the effects of automatic gunfire. Yeah. <laughs> That's my bad. Awesome. So my other ba- yeah. yeah, my other bad is, and I mentioned it earlier on, is the bathtub scene. I don't care if I'm 50, 60, 70, 80, 30. My whole family is not coming in when I'm in the bath. Shit floats in the bath, right? And I'm tipping, he's rather fit. He, I reckon he's got something underneath the bubbles there, old uh, Murtor. I'm... And they're in there. They're coming up and giving him a kiss and a hug. But the whole family's in there it's giving weird. him a cuddle. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And, and a cake was in the bath. The, the other thing I have about that is, why is a 50-year-old man having a bath in the morning Yeah. See my before son, he goes to work? See, my 16-year-old son has heaps of baths, but we all know what he's doing in there, right? <laughs> so I don't think that Murtor's doing that. The 50, 16, I don't know. Either way, a 50-year-old man should know it's not the best place to be pulling your wang, right? Because shit floats. Right, including your wang. What are you Murtaugh's doing? a big guy too. Like, how does he fit in those baths? How does he fit in that tiny little? Look, baths aren't big, right? Like, no, Hollywood baths are bigger. Man, yeah, it's all. That's a really odd scene. But anyway, because they they the bath is recurring because in the second one where he pulls him into the yeah. bath and two people fit in the bath. Well, that's true. Yeah, without anything happening to them. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that's for another podcast. That's it for me for bad. Uh, anyone got anything for ugly? Yeah, no, I think we have hit everything. So there's a couple of deleted scenes uh, from this film, which uh, you can check out on YouTube. So one of them's really good and one of them's really ugly. So the, the first one is there was an alternate beginning to the film yep. where it actually had Riggs in a bar and he comes across, a bit, he's, he's uh, smashing Jack Daniels by the bottle and he is the most sober Jack Daniels uh, swiller that I've ever seen in my life. If any of us had a bottle of Jack Daniels, we would have already defecated on our shoes and uh, be lying in a pool of our own blood. But anyway, Riggs is quite compass and quite able to uh, punch out three cronies in the bar and then get a free bottle of Jack Daniels from the barman on his way out just for being a good bloke. So that was uh, imitating that off. That was, that was good. But the ugly scene was another deleted scene where Riggs is called out. He's the first on, on site to uh, a school shooting, which um, obviously... Not a lot of school shootings in the news in 1987, but thanks to the wonderful world in which uh, we we live, and especially our American friends, seems to be every other week that a, a school shooting is mentioned on the on the news. But this uh, this other deleted scene ha- had a guy, a sniper, actually shooting at kids, 
and Riggs goes along and the guy's got a, a long scope rifle and can't shoot for shit and Riggs takes him out with his Beretta from uh, from ground level. So it definitely hadn't aged well and I'm pretty glad that they didn't include that in the film. So, uh, yeah, fairly ugly. Yeah, absolutely. Not needed. All right, well, well okay. done. Nice. Well done. Dan, so we're going to keep with you and we're going to go into Morgz's quickfire. Yes. Let's go. Uh, let's go quickfire. Do I get the sound effects this week? Maybe. Sound effects, Morgs. Go. Oh. Oh. I'm staying in your arms tonight. Oh. Uh, the first, uh, first quick fire, that's not a knife. For a scene or quote or anything that's passed over into pop culture from this film, I think we've got one this week. What do you guys think? We do. 100% we do. Yeah, yeah go down. So. We have got, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Absolutely. That always, one. that one, Whitey says that one. Yeah, quite a lot. Well, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> quite a lot. The other <laughs> one, the other one that Morgs says has said a lot of the years is, "No way you live." No way you live. No way you live. <laughs> I was so excited when that came on because I hadn't seen it for a while. Yeah, and I just I, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, "Oh, this is it. This is no way yeah. you live." So, yeah. yeah, excellent. So, yeah, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna so, go with both. Excellent. Yes, uh, definitely. They've crossed over. Number two, hey Derek Spreckens, dick for uh, the biggest knobhead character in the film. Um, I don't know anyone anyone that really jumped out at Hunt Sucker. Hunt Sucker. Hunt Sucker's a bit of a knob, that's true. Um the, the three He does spill his guts pretty quick, doesn't he? He sort yeah. of just... like, yeah, I don't want to tell you. I can't do either too bad people. All right, I'll tell you. Yeah. Um yeah, no one else really, I don't think. Gets yeah, his daughter killed. I wasn't I wasn't terribly sad when he was drinking the eggnog and got shot by Mr. Joshua out of the helicopter, which again was an awesome scene. Well done, Shane Black. Yeah. The, but what, uh, what, but what about what's going on there? Is that a is that a funeral or a wedding that's happening down below? There's something happening down below. And yeah, the, I thought it was a funeral for. Is it the, is it her funeral? Maybe yeah. Because you'd have to think so. The helicopter comes over and no one moves. No, no. <laughs> no one apparently heard the helicopter. <laughs> no one heard coming. the helicopter or the gunshots. Everyone's just sort of staying there. I'm like, right. Yeah, but no one heard that come down behind the mountain. Like yeah. even even Riggs, who's standing outside, didn't notice that there was a helicopter. Had his hair in his ears. <laughs> 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 Excellent. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go with Hunter's Hack. I would have accepted the heroin dealers at the start, too. They're a bit dorkish. <laughs> They're idiots. Uh, number three, Jennifer Jason Lee in backdraft for an actor that uh, thinks they're in another movie. Anyone that stood out, really? Uh, I, I, I could I could say uh, Rianne when she's kidnapped and just get in the fucking car. Yeah. There's all gunshots going. She's just standing there. Acting like a twat, and it's like either run to your dad or get in a car. Yep. yep. She's yeah, a bit I'll, of an idiot. I'll, I'll she's a bit that. of an idiot. Yep. Yeah. I will uh will certainly accept she's that. She's also now, coming anyway. up so she's also coming up shortly. Yes. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't really happy with Edo Ross's character, and he's the guy that was buying the heroin, like we talked about earlier, yep. but he was a bit, you know, like he came in and he's he's all tough and then all of a sudden he's running out the door. You know, I don't know. It was yep. a funny it was a funny little character I thought in the movie. Yeah, you think that yep. uh, people in that game might might be have a bit more front yeah, than uh, go yeah, to water straight away. Yeah, both excellent choices. Well done. Um, another Ripley running, obviously, our favourite uh, lack of athletic prowess on film, a la Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. Anyone that stood out in this film, I think we all agree on one. I, I have one. I'm not sure if it's we all agree on it, but I have Danny Glover throwing the grenade. Yes, yeah. very poor. <laughs> the worst throw of a grenade oh ever. God. 
He didn't get anywhere near them. Come on, Danny. What are you doing, mate? Also, when they when they come out and Riggs is off running down the street chasing them and he can't make it to the corner. He yeah. has to sink against the pole. Yeah. <laughs> I, kind, I kind of love and hate his sort of loping run that he does. Yeah, he's all arms. It's good because I'm is. sure it was his choice as the actor yeah. for that character. But, yeah, it's, all, it's pretty funny also, on the rewatch. Though. Also, when he tried to run away behind the car when they're shooting at him, he tries to run and then he just stops, like puts the big bird arms out. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Danny Glover wins, no doubt. Danny Glover takes out Ripley running. Well done, Danny. Uh, robot sentries from the Mighty Aliens for an additional scene in a director's cut that you'd like to see that adds a bit to the movie. Uh, I already talked about the two deleted scenes that they didn't go yep. with, and I think that, yeah, I, I think the final cut's better than those two scenes. But Perfect I think you mentioned earlier about perhaps seeing the, the boyfriend going up to pick up. Riggs's uh, Murtar's daughter. That wouldn't have been a bad scene to see. Yeah. You could have, yeah, you could have, have seen that. Would have seen you, what you Josh ha- you might not have had, Yeah, but you might not have had to seen that, but at least seen maybe the boyfriend turning up and Joshua turning up. Yes. And then it cut cut back and then – but then it also it would destroy that, that bit where he goes, oh, is he blonde and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, how would you know? So it would have killed that part of the movie as well. So mm. I think it's a perfect film. I don't think you touched it. Okay. I don't think there's no need. Get up. No, all good. All right, last but definitely not least, Whitey's Brad Pitt. Now, we've had a run of females selected in this category, so uh, I'm not sure if that's going to change for this week. It's continuing. It's yeah, continuing. Whitey, uh, your Brad Pitt I'm, for this film? I'm going I'm going for Rianne. In a I'll, I'll accept that only because she's actually 27 in real life. Yeah, and, she's and she's not 13. 16. She's not yeah, 13 in the show. Yeah, she, so. She's 13 in this movie. Really? Yeah, in I the didn't first know one, that. she's supposed to be 13. Right. Okay. No. Okay, well, maybe. No, surely yeah. not. They said it. They say it in the movie. They say, wow, okay. daughter turning 13. All right. Well, look. Oh, I no, did... she can't be because she wears the dress. Now, she's got to be no, older. She's, she's older. She's, she's like 18. She's about well, to graduate. She is 27. She's 27, so I'll accept it. Gow. Uh, no, I didn't really have any for that. Murtar was fit in the bath. We talked about that. <laughs> Gow, that's Gow swinging. Okay. Gow swinging, he's going to go. Gow swinging. Oh, I'll accept Murtar. That's so a Murtar for Gow and a uh, daughter for Good for Whitey. a 50-year-old. Excellent. What about you, Morgs? Uh, what about you? Nah, that, uh, I didn't have a choice for this one. I do, I do have a soft spot for Mel Gibson's hair, so I'm at the moment trying to... <laughs> Either oh. grow his or Michael Hutchins from 1987. I haven't chosen which, but uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely peak Mel hotness. Oh, you're looking very Shabu Shabar, Morgs. I'll give you that. Thank you, oh. thank you. I'm a few years off kick. I agree. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You're not looking. That's it. Right. That's it. Quick fire. Thank well you done. All. Okay, listen to this. We'll talk about a bit of the stuff that happens behind the scenes, and we'll start with Gow. This is his little baby. What do you got, mate? Here's a good little one. There are only two actors that are in a Die Hard movie and a Lethal Weapon movie. Do you know who they are? Oh, it's it's Token. It's our mate. Yeah, Al, yeah. Al Young. Al Young, yeah. Yeah, right, he's both of them. Who's the other one? In a Die Hard movie and a Lethal Weapon movie. I'm going to give you a hint. I was in junior high, dickhead. Ah, Randall Bush. Oh, really? So he's the cop at the start. When when Murtar looks at Riggs and he's outside with the gun, he goes, gun, and he runs in. That's the cop he's talking to. Ah, right. Grandel well, Bush. Yeah. There you go. I was in junior high. So they're the only two to be in both of those movies. The other one was that um, one of those one of those three drug dealers at the start, is his credit, his name is Blackie Dammit, but his real name is John Kiedis, Anthony Kiedis' father. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Gow. That's pretty good. Uh, and the other one was that Shane Black actually wanted uh, William Hurt to play the role of Martin Riggs. Yeah. But it was decided that he was a bit too, or oh. not not well known enough, or not not too, too obscure. Yeah. For the part. Yeah. I don't know if any of you guys noticed when Murtor and Riggs are walking early in the movie. They're walking down the street in LA, and the cinema in behind them is playing the Lost Boys. Yes, I, I, did, I saw that. Yeah, movie of the yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. But even even better is when they go back. When they go back to the house after Rianne's been uh, kidnapped and they go in and they go into the kitchen, on the side of the fridge, there's an anti-apartheid sticker on the side of the fridge foreshadowing Lethal Weapon 2. Uh, oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> it's just been revoked. Yeah. I, 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 nearly, I, nearly, uh, I nearly died in my arms tonight when I saw that one this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, so when Mur- Murtor tells Riggs that that Hunsucker saved his life in the uh, Da Nang Valley, Mel Gibson plays the the uh, Colonel Hal Moore in We Were Soldiers, which yep. is actually about that battle, which is pretty cool. So Brian Dennehy was considered for the role of Murtor. Okay, yeah, a, a born to watch favorite. Yeah, Brian Dennehy, but he he'd already done it. He'd already done heaps of cops. He'd done FX. He'd done First Blood. So, because I believe at the start they didn't have anyone in mind for the role. It wasn't. Then, it wasn't ethnically. Uh, no, there was no ethnicity to no. it. But uh, but then someone just said, "What about Danny Glover?" Because they'd seen him in something and they thought he'd, he'd do really well. Yeah, it so was they, from they Color Purple. So they saw him in yeah. Color Purple. Yeah. But they actually flew him in from wherever he was in the U.S. and they flew uh, Mel in from Sydney. He was in Sydney at the time. Yeah. In to do the the audition. So Richard Donner got Shane Black to rewrite the script about ten times, and every time it was still too dark. Really. <laughs> so. He's he's pretty he's pretty cool, and apparently uh, Joel Silver, the the producer, said that Ridley Scott was the first person yep. they wanted to uh, to that. direct it. Yeah. yeah. So in the end, Joel Silver worked with his with Tony Scott on Last Boy Scout. So yeah, pretty cool. Pretty uh, cool. All right. I got one. We got one. Oh uh, my god. We're about to talk uh, a bit more about Shane Black, a noted writer director, but there was another noted. Actor director that was slated to direct this film, Lethal Weapon, prior to Richard Donner coming on board. Do you know who it was? No. It was Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy. It was oh, too. Leonard that's Nimoy. I was thinking that's it was Leonard right. Nimoy, yeah. Yeah, yeah he turned yeah, it down. It just wasn't, his, wasn't his bag, baby. So he went off and did Three Men and a Baby instead, which was uh, not. Well, that was 87 pleasant. as well. He might have yeah. already been tied up in that. That was been, nah, right? the, the, the word on the street from amongst my colleagues was that he uh, he just wasn't down with the material. So it oh, really? Okay. was more his bag, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Listen to this. Ha ha, go. suck that perp. I'm involved in everything. <laughs> well done, perp. Okay, so we've had one degree of Kurt Russell. Well done. Uh, quotables, yeah? Well, we've been through, we've been through um, most of them. No yeah. way you live, no way. Go yeah. for this shit. Yeah. I'll leave you guys for the last one because I know someone will have that. Yeah. Um, the only other one I liked was was Murtar to Josh at the end going, looking for your general friend? He's barbecuing his nuts on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good, that scene where the car crashes and there's just coke going yeah. everywhere or heroin. And he's heroin lying, he's lying in the car. Yeah, and He like just can't the... get to the – he's got six or whatever uh, grenades there that he can't get to. 
Very, very loose on his grenade carry. Very loose. Just uh, obviously yeah. just threw them in the bag. Yeah, yeah. very loose. Uh, obviously, I'm too old for this shit, which you've already been yep. through. But there's a couple of things. Rig says, I don't make things complicated. That's the way they get all by themselves. <laughs> and and the other one where Murtor says to him, what do you do? Sleep with that thing under your pillow? And Rig says, I would if I slept. <laughs> it's just a really cool, like, you can see their bond building as the movie goes. Yeah, really good. But I love No Way You Live. That's probably my favourite. Yeah. Well, no did you have you the last did. one? Uh, no, what was the last? That's when he when he, he's leaving at the car and, and, and Riggs says to Murta, I do it real good, you know. Do what? When I was 19, yeah. I did a guy in the last <laughs> from a thousand yards out. Yeah. It was a rifle shot in high wind. Maybe that- eight, maybe ten guys in the world could have made that shot. It's the only thing I was ever good at. Well, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, I'm going to take a piss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well done. Film school for F-Wits. Take it away, Yes, fellow F-Wits. Is this the last one of 2022? It most certainly is. Yeah. It most certainly is. I I very much enjoyed sharing some of my knowledge with you, fellow F-Wits, this year. I hope you've learned something. I've got a special one for the end of the year. We've talked a little bit about Shano Black. Uh, His mates call him Shano. He was the screenwriter of Lethal Weapon. So I thought we'd do something a little different to finish this off and compare the exploits of Shane Black versus a, uh, a slightly more modern screenwriter that you're probably all aware of in Taylor Sheridan of lately of uh, Dutton Ranch fame in Yellowstone, but also has done some amazing films. So it's the screenwriter death match. It's the first one we've done. It won't be the last. I thought we would look at a few categories and get you guys to vote on who you think is the winner. So... Round one is the first screenplay. So Shane Black, this was Lethal Weapon was his first screenplay, and he wrote that at the age of 22, just out of it's UCLA in uh, in Cali there, and sold it for $250,000, which was a lot of money. Screenwriters have uh, a bit of notoriety for getting ripped off in Hollywood and being a bit at the bottom of the food chain, which um, which you can understand rankles me quite a lot as a, uh, a preeminent screenwriter myself. But... Taylor Sheridan, actually, uh, do you guys know what his first screenplay was? Sicario. That is correct. Uh, at the age of 40, after a, uh, wouldn't say storied, but a bit of a jobbing acting career, Taylor Sheridan took a look at what was out there and went, oh, I can fucking do that, and uh, decided to write none other than Sicario as his first film. So both excellent films, uh, different yet still great. What do you guys think? Are you, Shane versus Taylor, Lethal Weapon versus Sicario? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, as as a first, first movie, Lethal Weapon's unbelievable. But he did have a lot of rewrites, is what he's saying. Like he yeah. got it rewritten. It wasn't quite a few it times wasn't to make off the it page. Yeah, Lethal Weapon had no, to be no. written into shape to bring out the humour. It was a bit dark, and then Sicario is an excellent film. I'm going to make it easy for you. I'm going to call round one a draw. Yeah, I think it is a draw. Yeah, I think it is a draw. Okay. Round one, nice. a draw. Round two. So let's look at the second screenplay. Okay, so that your sophomore. Sophomore effort, if you're a band, it's always watched with great interest what your second album's going to be. So very similar with second screenplay. So Shane Black, The Monster Squad, was great his movie. second screenplay. I am i wouldn't use the word great. It's definitely no, a No, it's a great it's, movie. It's definitely it's a, good a movie. movie. <laughs> uh, and then Taylor Sheridan. Well, this one we know is going to Taylor Sheridan. Okay, second screenplay. Do you know what it was? Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water. 
What an incredible film. Watched it only last week again. Uh, you want snappy dialogue and uh, it's just a great film. I'm going to give this to Taylor Sheridan. You guys can argue if you want, but uh, I'm sorry, Shano Black. No, it's, it's got to go to Taylor nil. Sheridan. Uh, yes. Round three. So I'm going to skip a couple of movies. I'm going to go up to the fourth screenplay just because it works into my narrative Ooh. better. So, yeah. uh, But it's, it's pretty good though. So Shano Black, his fourth screenplay was an absolute favourite of G-Money, Ooh, cutting crew Gowan, uh, The Last Boy Scout, which we, we yeah. spoke Cracking about. So movie. Shane Black wrote that, yeah. And just a... A movie we all love but didn't get the critical acclaim that uh, we feel it should have. Really interesting. I mean, who can think up an opening scene like an NFL player taking a fucking handgun out onto the field and shooting the uh, the, the defensive players before shooting himself in the head? It's uh, pretty out there, Shane Black, and uh, and and not a bad way, a bad way to start your fourth grade play. Taylor Sheridan, his number four was actually the second of the Sicarios, Day of the Soldado. It's an okay film. I didn't mind it, but not definitely not as uh, not as good. It's not a as pinch. Oh, and, and I'm going to say not as enjoyable as the last Boy Scout. So unless you guys no, argue, right. I'm going to give no. round three to Shano Black. So it's neck and neck, okay, one all. Uh, round. Wait, uh-huh. four- I just saw you on that. Shane Black received one point seven five million dollars for that screenplay, the last Incredible. Boy Scout. Yeah, and hold your beer, unbelievable. Because in the next round, round yep. four, a screenplay he wrote that you probably didn't know. So for Shane Black. He actually wrote The Long Kiss Goodnight, which is yes. a film that Wachow oh. and I particularly like. I'm not talking about the linen. <laughs> Samuel oh, Frank L. and Jackson, Ernest. Uh, Gina Davies, Davis. Oh, what a great film. I love The Long Kiss Goodnight. He's yeah, it's Shane incredible Black. movie. Shane Black was paid $4 million for the script for The Long Kiss Goodnight, which was absolutely fucking unheard of at the time. William Goldman wasn't getting that sort of wedge for scripts. No one yeah. was in the history of, uh, of screenwriting. And it bombed. It, it was a box office Yeah, flop. both of, uh, the last Boy Scout too, they, they both, I mean, have done really well post that. But, yeah, they both weren't well received at the time, right? Like they no, exactly. I, I, saw yeah. that, I saw Last Kiss Goodnight in the movies and absolutely loved it. For what me. a great film. So if, if that was re-released at a, uh, oh. a cinema, I'd go and see it in a heartbeat. So yeah. really good. If, we, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. But Taylor Sheridan, so another screenplay he wrote you probably didn't know of, a more recent film it's called For Those Who Wish Me Dead, starring Angelina Jolie. Uh, have you guys seen that? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's it's worth a look. Uh, it was a Netflix release. Um, it's interesting, uh, but not a not a not a, not a pitch on the long kiss good night. So I'm going to give round four to Shano Black. Uh, so that's nice. two one to Mr. Shano. Black. Uh, round five. So the not only did these guys uh, have a penchant for writing amazing scripts, but they're actually noted directors as well. So Shano Black actually directed Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. With Robert yep. Downey Jr. and the mighty that was Val his Gilmer. comeback. But then he actually he got thrown a start by Jean Favreau when um, after Kiss Kiss Bang Bang to direct Iron Man three, which I thought oh, whatever. But it's actually the fifteenth highest grossing film of all time. So uh, he did. It's a good. It. It's a good. It's a good Iron Man movie. It's an Iron if, Man movie. If they had, yeah, no, nah, it's a good Iron Man movie. If they if they didn't have Iron Man two, it would be exceptional. Uh, yeah, but. It's a good uh, Iron Man. It's, yeah, it's all right. Um, he also directed <laughs> The Nice Guys and The Predator, and he wrote all of these films yeah. as well. So writer, director, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3, The Nice Guys. Nice Guys is good. The Predator, yeah, whatever. Um, no, the, the Nice Guys is better than good. The Nice Guys is excellent. The Nice Guys, the nice is, guys is one of the best movies of the 2010s. 
Yeah, I like so the nice good. I, got, I should, yeah. should check it yeah. out again. I did enjoy it. Yeah, it's have excellent. It, have it Russell Crowe and uh, Gosling does Ryan good Gosling. comedy. Yeah, well, he's, mate, he's, Gosling's amazing. He's in a it. triple he's threat. So he's master yeah, he's a tiny good. wizard. He's good. He cannot have everything like he does. So. Yeah. Um, like Ryan and, Reynolds. And then Taylor Sheridan, uh, writer, director, chops. I think he might get a bit smoked in this one. So Wind River, which is not a bad film. And it's uh, a dark movie, those man. Those who wish Wind we did. It is. Wind River, Wind River is dark with a look, Fwitz. But no, nah, look, Shane O'Black's taking this one out. So uh, it's starting to get a bit of a roll on. So round six, we're getting to the end. But uh, round six, so this guy's also dabbled in a bit of TV. So I uh, just wanted to compare their TV chops. So Shane O'Black, unfortunately, gets a little smoked in this. So he, uh, yeah. he was the director and writer of The Edge, which was a TV movie, um, which uh, sucked. And he also was involved in story development for the Lethal Weapon TV series, especially the the pilot episode, which also sucked with that David <laughs> Wayans and some nuffies. So Taylor Sheridan, though, I mean, this is where he hits his stride. Yellowstone, which is just the absolute heavy hitter. Unbelievable. Of- of world television at the moment, absolutely snubbed by anyone that has anything to do with an awards ceremony, but is just beloved by uh, a lot of the world and most of America, except in the um, in in the, uh, the 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 bits on the side, where all through the guts and over the flyover states, they just absolutely love this. So, um, also involved in the Mayor of Kingstown, which was uh, excellent. Tulsa King, which uh, I'm I'm unsure about, yes, but. Terence Winter is his co-showrunner on that one, so it's definitely got pedigree. So I'm hoping it will come good. Uh, the sequels to Yellowstone, 1923 and 1883, um, but yeah, look, I think it's pretty easy to say that Taylor Sheridan is going to take out that one. So the final round is called "Fuck It, I Can Act Too, You Actor Pussies," where we look at <laughs> the acting roles that Shane O'Black and Taylor Sheridan have taken on. So Shane O'Black. He's had a pretty storied, uh, he, he turns up a bit. So Night of the Creeps, um, but 1987, Rick Hawkins in Predator. Predator. Sonny mm. Payne, I live on his land. I'm going to talk about one of his favourite films, but Rick Hawkins, excellent, uh, excellent by Mr. Shane Black in that one. He's also in The Hunt for Red, Red October, Robocop 3. Um, he pops out in As Good As It Gets um, and, and a couple of other nuffy bits. But, yeah, look, it's going to be Wait, he's in Dead Heat. He's in Dead, Dead Heat. Heat. He yeah. is. He's in. He's a patrolman in Dead Heat. That's right, guys. So yeah, he's uh, look has a good crack. Uh, now Taylor Sheridan, though, he actually started out as an actor, not the other way around with Shane Black. So he's been in everything from Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman, to Party of Five, to Walker Texas Radiant, uh, Ranger, um, Star Trek Enterprise, CSI, New York, uh, Veronica Mars. And, of course, David Hale on Sons of Anarchy, which he wrote as well. So NCIS Los Angeles, he turns up in yellow high water. I don't care. He wasn't in Predator, so I'm going to give it a draw, which means that our final score for Screenwriter Deathmatch is Shane O'Black is taken out 3-2. to two. Well done, Shane Black. Yeah, good. that's a good choice there. That's a good winner. Nice work. Good work, Morgs. Well done, Dan. Nice little change up there, which we like every now and again. Okay, now we're moving into the Stan Bush kick-ass credit song and I'm on the block. And this was a hard one, I must say. Normally stuff comes pretty easy to me when it comes to uh, the kick-ass credit song, usually about 65, 70 seconds, uh, well under the two-minute barrier that Dan sort of likes us to do. But this one took a bit longer. So anyway, this one is called Hell of a Team. 
And it's got a bit of a, uh, I think it's maybe got a bit of punk origin to it. Maybe the sort of run, it's got a bit of a run on it. So let's hope that I don't fuck it uh, because I've already forgotten how it goes. Uh, okay, here we go. So Stan Bush kick-ass credit song. Hell of a team. Ah, dear me. There's a bullet in the chamber and the end is looking near. Your wife done in a car crash and it's living that you fear. Got the balls to pull the trigger, then there's business to be done. His, ni- his name is Martin Riggs and he's a lethal weapon. <laughs> Murder and Riggs make a hell of a team. No concern for the public when it's bullets that they stream. Busey's an albino, loves to burn his own skin. When the real... <laughs> When the real lunatic's a cup, you're sort of you're sort of at his whim. He's a lethal weapon and his name is Riggs. In real life, he's a racist and he smokes heaps of cigs. With his partner, Murto, they're a hell of a team. But what about Morgs? He doesn't have a spleen. With three sequels to be filmed, you would better be keen because Riggs and Murto are a hell of a team. Yes, nice work. Morgs, got to mention. Fuck yeah, it that's all. awesome. That was well difficult. Done. I fucked it, but, you know, I couldn't get the when the real lunatic's a cop. <laughs> you sort of at his whim. I was, it was, no, your lyrics are always outstanding. It's the phrasing and melody that yeah, down Yeah, it's not my strong suit. No, yeah, well, but, it's, it's a, no, you know what it is? It's a lack of rehearsal. No, it's, it's your, a lack of rehearsal. It's your Bernie Taupin and, and Gals Elton John. That's what it is. So <laughs> That sounds about right. Gal loves it. <laughs> no, excellent. Well played. Um, uh, look, good, I still, good solid song. I still don't think you two are adhering to the two minute ethos of uh, you just get it out. I tell you what, that was that was that didn't take long. That was probably five minutes. I think I can't get to two minutes. Just be better. I, that's all I, I live to give every week. I, ask I live to, to give. Better. I got amazing stamina. <laughs> okay, a star of the show, and we can't choose Stan Bush Kickass credit song. Yeah, who's your MVP for Lethal Weapon? I'm going to go the obvious choice with Riggs. Yep. Um, he's so good in this, Mel Gibson. Really, really, really always loved him in this. In, in fact, both of them. It's really hard. It's a really hard choice between the two. I think, as I said before, they, they both work really well together. I think that the chemistry they have is unreal, but I'm going to, I'm going to plump for him. Yeah, it's a good choice. It's a good choice. Uh, what about you, Dan? Who's your MVP? Yeah, I'm not going to choose. I'm just going to give it to Murtar and Riggs, Glover and Gibson in yeah, this one. I give them a 50-50 split on the MVP. Their chemistry is amazing. Uh, really, really well done. Well done, boys. Yeah, I don't think there's better chemistry in a buddy cop movie than this, and it just gets better as the movies go on, even though the movies might not hit the heights, apart from the second one. But... Uh, I'm going to give it to Riggs, right? It's hard to split them, but I'm going to. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I'm going to give it to. I'm going to give it to Amel. And in saying that, there's only one thing I can say. Amel. Oh, <laughs> the Weapon is an absolute amazing film, and now we're heading to the rank bank, and we're going to start with. And we might leave Dan to the end, I think, for this run because. You know, I, th- I think we're going to just wait. And I think I'll start. I love this movie. And it was very difficult to come up with some things to rate. So I'd like some feedback on these ones. So today we've got Burnt Blistered Arms. Solid. Freckled Chest Porn Actress. <laughs> Williams. 
suicidal cops. Flowing 80s mullet. Now, we've already had Euro mullets as one of the ratings. Waterlogged street fights. Very difficult. Anyone got anything else that we could add into that? Maybe radars? I think the, I think the mullet. I think it's uh, it's it's very very much the iconic part of the character um, and the uh, and the, the costume is is Riggs's mullet. So I'm happy with that. I would go with that. We go with Burbank the cat. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going with my Burbank the cat. The, okay, the flowing eighties mullets. It is so. Gal, how many? Oh, it's me actually. So Whitey. How many flowing 80s mullets are you going to give Lethal Weapon? I love this movie. This is as close to the perfect movie for me. It's it's lean. It's just amazing. You've already given a couple of fives out. I have. This gets 4.5 from me. This isn't a five. It gets 4.5. It was hard. I could have given this five, but I'm going to sit back and go 4.5. What about you, G-Man? I'm giving it... 4.5 as well. I'm thinking 4.75. 4.5 for me. Nice. I'll go with 4.5 yeah, as I like well. That. I, I I really, really love this movie. It's great. Yep. What about Nothing you, Dan? Nothing more to say. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed. Well, I can't tell you. That's what this podcast a bit was. We tell each other things. So <laughs> I enjoyed watching this movie so much this week. I think I'd had a couple of single fins, probably five. I was on the couch and I was just thrown back <laughs> to our boyhood when we used to watch this all the time. Uh, fellow F-wits, I'm going to go out there and give this my first five ever. Five out of five. Nice. I love this movie. I will love it forever. This Marie Kondo can suck it. This will not be going into the shelf. I'll be watching this many, many, many more times in my life. Five out of five for me for Lethal Weapon. If you haven't seen it, you're a dickhead. Uh, if you have seen it, watch it again. It's fantastic. Well done, Dan. That's a, that's a big one. Okay. Gal, where does this put Lethal Weapon in the pantheon of the rank bank? Okay. With our ratings, this this gives us an overall rating of 4.67, which puts us into the number one spot. Above the thing at 4.5 flamethrowers, above Silence of the Lambs, although that was only a two-person... That was Pope, only a two-person pod, yeah. Four point six seven. Wow, right out there. Eighties flowing mullets. That's a uh, that's a great result. Well deserved. I I can't disagree. I, I think it's better than every movie on that. Top Gun Maverick down to fourth now. Yep. Yep. I think we, it's going to slip, man. Yep. It's going to slip. Recency bias doesn't happen here on Born to Watch. Recency bias is a thing of the past. I'll tell you what, First Blood could have been up there, but uh, got a three point five. Yeah. Low rating. It's low a, rating. It was a low rating. This is this movie okay, is way better than First Blood. Suck it, Sloan. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I can disagree with that. I love First Blood. This is better than The Thing to me. The Thing's a great movie, but this yep. is better. I gave, the, I, I gave The Thing five. The Thing means more to me than Lethal Weapon, I think, just because I sort of discovered it. It was like a bit of a hidden secret that I found. But yeah, look, I, I'm happy with Lethal Weapon. There, and I'll tell yeah. you what, it's it's not just first; it's oh, well, substantially it's, first. It's, yeah, four point five to four point six seven. Substantially so that's, uh, first. Well done, well done, Morgs. Very proud of you being able to get out of your own head and give a five. So you've letting the people know what it means and what it takes to get yeah, a five well from the man on the well, land. Just a just a very enjoyable cinema experience, and uh, yeah, 
lots of nostalgia with that one. And uh, yeah, great job, Shano Black. Okay. So what have we been watching, boys? What's been going on this week? Oh, I'm into Yellowstone and still, Mystery, still yeah. Mystery Road. Yeah, Yellowstone, well, I haven't caught up this week yet. And Mystery Road, is it improving, season two? Uh, I've only watched the one episode. Haven't got haven't okay. got that far into it yet. Haven't watched much this week, so I'm going to yeah, going to rectify that tomorrow. Okay. And what about you, Dan? Oh, can we just spoke like twelve hours ago. So whatever I was watching last time we spoke. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I went and saw Avatar two. Oh, uh, with the man, the man from Sunny Payne's Land was down on the Gold Coast for a day, and we went uh, on uh, the Sunday night to see it in three D. And I got oh, to say, you saw it in three D. Saw it in three D. Oh, that it's makes me now, so queasy just thinking about it. H oh. HFR forty eight, which is forty eight frames per per second. Yeah, wow. It is like nothing you have ever seen. Uh, I think I wrote a little thing on the socials saying that, you know. Is it long? Yes. Is it original? No. Is it great? Yes. Is it as good as the first one? Did it have the same effect as the first one did on me? No, because it's been done before. But I've got to say, the water stuff is next level. And the last 45 minutes is just flat out good, the battle. Although it did look a little too real because of the way it was filmed. But, yeah, well done, James Cameron. Never doubt him. I know more you'll probably not watch it, but it's worth it's worth probably going to the cinema and having a little bit of a tweak at it, maybe when it goes to yeah. Cheapy Tuesday for you, Dan. Yeah, many, I don't know if I've got three and a half hours to yeah, invest in it. That's the only thing. How many pizzas? Okay, yeah. okay. So th this is the interesting thing, is that in the whole movie, one person got up to go to the toilet. One person. And it was a packed cinema. And not only that, there was not a sound. No one made a sound. The whole cinema was purely invested in That's because Sonny was in there. <laughs> Good <laughs> he gets, point. He gets angry. The He'd big be fella. ripping into people. So, so we sat at the very back row and the guys in front were talking amongst themselves as the uh, as the ads and stuff, Val yep. Morgan was on. Yep. And I was thinking to myself, you shut the fuck <laughs> up. They're going to cop it in a second. You're about to get downright murdered in the dark, right? <laughs> and and not there was not one sound. And it was funny sitting with Sonny because in that last 45 minutes where all hell breaks loose, I look next to me and he is sitting forward on his chair, leaning forward, watching the screen. Thinking, yeah, this guy's in. Uh, it's worth a watch. It's great. And Damo and I are actually going to be doing a little bit of a review on if we've probably already been released, to be honest, before you got to this. So I uh, hope you enjoyed the review we did. did. Didn't we just do a review? Yeah. We, I think we just, I hope you enjoyed the <laughs> review that we did because it's probably going to be coming out on the Christmas weekend. Uh, but yeah, Avatar 2, worth a watch. Nice. All right. So. That's it for this week. And Morg's destroyed the sausage mints, but we hope you have had an amazing Christmas when you do eventually have it, which will be when you're listening to this, you would have had your Christmas. But for now, you haven't had it. But we're giving you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Christmas. I Forward for after the fact for you having had Christmas and not had it yet. <laughs> Does that make sense? Good night, Zero. everyone. <laughs> No, we're going up on the land. Our next, our next recording uh, after the Avatar review, which will be out before this, will be up on the land. Oh, I can't wait for that. Morgs has promised me a few single fins, so yeah, this could go anywhere. Well, this, well I think we're going to have to record at six thirty a.m. in the morning <laughs> just to make sure Morgs isn't on the piss. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting around. You might the, still be coming in hot. <laughs> looking forward to getting around the lagoon pool and and having all the gear up there on the deck. Hopefully, it doesn't cave in under the weight of having humans on it. 
I'm sure it won't. It's been masterfully built. Oh, and we're going to go. We are going to go and we're going to be doing a movie that we have spoken about tonight from the great Shane Black, Predator. Oh! That's a great choice. And we are going to have a special guest for that one, Sonny Payne from oh. Sonny Payne's Land. That's great. This is going to be a really good episode. Can't wait to do this, this, this one. This is going to this could be this is going to be interesting for Morgs because I know Predator holds a special place in his heart as well. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what we get out of him for the rank bank. Very true. Do love Predator. So many questions. Yeah. So, mate, so, so much room for activities. So much room for activities. You guys, it's not. Yeah, you know, you're going to have to muck in with the chores as well. Like the farm doesn't run itself. So, uh, but yeah, know, I'll be doing fuck all. We'll do some play time. I'll be, I'll be getting you a couple of beers, Don't worry. Thank you. I'll be Thank sleeping you. in. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, it's been an absolute pleasure, and have a happy new year, and we shall see you in 2023. Bye for now. See you, everybody. Oh, I just died in your arms tonight. <laughs> oh, we're a fuck with, mate. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, Give us a five-star review and share with your friends.